Okay, so we are doing now Tuesday's portion of Parsha Re'eh. We are continuing here in the various laws that Moses, that Moshe is giving over to the Jews in these last days together. So when God your God will cut down the nations to which you come to take possession from them before you, and you will take possession from them and settle in their land. Beware for yourself. Lest you be distracted by them after they have been destroyed before you. Unless you seek out their gods, saying, How did these nations worship their gods? And even I will do the same. The Rashi explains the word pentinakesh, which Uncleus translates as from the root word of snare, that they shouldn't be a snare, these nations should not be a snare for you. But Rashi explains that he disagrees with how Uncleus derived the word. And Rashi says that it comes from the root word of confusion or knocking. And he says it means, lest you be confused to follow them. You're going to be confused and you're going to follow them and you're going to do as their misdeeds. As Rashi explains, after they've been destroyed before you, after you see that I've destroyed them before you, you should notice why were they destroyed because of their degenerate actions. So don't do the same thing so others shouldn't come and destroy you. You're going to say, how do these nations worship? Because all we know so far is that we can't serve idols the way we serve God. There are four ways of serving God. Slaughtering slaughtering offerings, offering sacrifices on a fire, pouring liquid offerings, and bowing. Those are the four ways we serve God in the Holy Temple. So we know we're not allowed to do that to any God, to any, any idolatry, only to God. But what here we're saying is you're also not allowed to serve an idol in the way it's normally worshipped. Meaning, if you throw a stone at Marculus, which is the way that was worshipped, then you're not allowed to throw stones at it. And you're punished there for idolatry. Now, on the other hand, if you threw a stone at another idol, not Marculus, it's irrelevant. I mean, throwing stones at something doesn't seem like a very uh, worshipping style. But for Marculus, it is. So if you say, how do these nations worship, you want to find out how they serve their gods, and then you're going to serve their gods the same way, you will be punished for committing idolatry. You shall not do so to God your God, for everything that is an abomination of God that he hates have they done to their gods, or even their sons and their daughters have they burned in the fire for their gods. Why does it say even their sons and their daughters? So Rashi says even means not only their sons, also their mothers and fathers. Rabbi Akiva says he saw a non-Jew who bound up his father in front of a dog that he worshipped and the dog ate the father. The entire matter they command you, you shall guard it to do, you shall not add to it, and you shall not subtract from it. So the entire matter, why does it say the entire matter? So something which is relatively light, just like something which is relatively serious. You should guard to do. Guarding always means a negative commandment. So for each positive commandment, there's also here now added the negative prohibition. Don't add, meaning if we know there are four sections to fill and don't make five. If there are four species to the lulav, don't make five. If they should stand, now we're going to have a whole section. We have three in a row actually, very similar issues, problems. If they shall stand up in your midst a prophet or a dreamer of a dream, and he shall give you a sign or a wonder. He's going to give you a sign in the heavens or a wonder on the earth. 
or others read it explained differently, the sign is in the heavens and the wonder on the earth, and, and he brings different proof texts here. But in any case, don't listen. What if it's a wonder on the heavens or on the earth? Don't listen. So why is God giving him this ability? Why is God giving him this ability to perform these signs if this is a false prophet and we're not supposed to listen to him to test you? And the sign of the wonder comes about of which he spoke to you saying, let us follow the gods of others that you do not know and we shall worship them. So here it's a real test because this prophet, supposed prophet, some false prophet, made a sign and it happened. And now he's telling you to worship idols. Well, you know you're not supposed to worship idols, but on the other hand, his sign happened. What's going on? This is a test. Do not hearken to the words of the prophet or that dreamer of a dream, for God your God is testing you to know whether you love God your God with all your heart and with all your soul. God your God shall you follow, and him shall you fear. His commandments shall you keep, and to his voice shall you listen. Him shall you serve, and to him shall you cleave. And it says his commandments to keep, this is the Torah given through Moses. To his voice to listen, this is the voice of the prophets, the real prophets. To serve him in his sanctuary and to cleave to him, cleave to his ways, to acts of kindness, bury the dead, visit the sick, just as God does. And that prophet, that dream of a dream, shall be put to death. We had spoken fabrication against God, your God, who takes you out of the land of Egypt, who redeems you from the house of slaves, make you stray from the path on which God, your God, has commanded you to go, and you shall destroy the evil from your midst. So he, he made a fabrication that comes from the word to remove because it was something that didn't exist. He made up something that didn't exist, making up some sign that God gave the power for it to come true and using it as an opportunity to help people to serve idols. And we're mentioning here that God took us out of the house of slaves, that even if that was the only thing he did for us, it would be enough that we should listen to him and serve him. Okay, so that was the first issue. Now, I said we're going to have three. Here's the second one. If your brother, the son of your mother, or your son, or your daughter, or the wife of your chest, or your friend who is like your own soul, will incite you secretly saying, let us go and worship the gods of others that you do not know you or your forefathers. So this is now a new sin. The previous incident we just spoke of was someone who's claiming to be a prophet giving a sign that comes true and telling us based on that to worship idols. Now, this person is not claiming to be a prophet, and he's not giving us a sign. He's just secretly inciting us to worship idols. The Rashi first explains the word yesischa to mean like provoking you. Your brother means from your father. And then it goes on to say the son of your mother means could be your brother from your mother. Either way, either brother. Chekecha um, means literally your chest. So it's your wife who's so close she's lying on your chest. And also comes from the word chakika, which means engraving. It's she's so close to you as if she's engraved in you. Who is like your own soul? Who is the verse referring to the person who's like your own soul? It means your father. Now, here we're listing people that are so close to you, your brothers, your sons, your children, your wife, your parents. If any of these people come and incite you to idolatry, you have to turn them in. Obviously, it's true for everyone else in the world as well. We're just listing people that are so close to you that you would feel bad having to report against them. So obviously, it applies for everyone else that you should not listen to their incitements either, just as you shouldn't listen to the incitements of these people that are so close to you. They're coming in secretly. Well, they don't have to come secretly. 
<laughs> but the verse is speaking of the norm because usually when someone's coming to incite someone, they do it secretly. Go worship gods that you didn't know or your forefathers didn't know. And Rashi says it's a tremendous disgrace because even the other nations don't leave what their ancestors followed. And this one's telling you abandon the god of your ancestors. From the gods of the people that are around you, those near to you or those far from you, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the earth. Why is the verse specifying near or far? Because from the near, you can learn about the far. You know the near ones are meaningless. But so too, the far ones are also meaningless. From the ends of the earth to the ends of the earth means the, the sun, the moon, the heavenly bodies that travel from one end of the world to the other. You shall not take kindly to him. This refers now to the inciter, how we're supposed to treat the inciter. You shall not listen to him. You shall not take pity on him. You shall not be compassionate. You shall not cover up for him. You shall not tell kindly to him. Don't want him. Don't love him. We're told to love every Jew. This one, this person who's trying to incite you to commit idols, don't love. Don't listen to him when he pays for his life for you to forgive him. And we have to say this because we're told to, the commandment to help every Jew. But not this one. Don't take pity on him. Again, it says, don't stand on the blood of your friend. In other words, meaning take pity for Jews. This one, don't take pity on. This one, again, being the person could be very close to you, could be a father, could be a child, could be a sibling, could be a spouse. This person is trying to incite you to idolatry. He's trying to entice you to idolatry. You don't treat him as you treat another person, another Jew. Don't be compassionate to turn the case that's going to happen in the court in his favor. Don't cover up for him. If you know something that could lead to his conviction, you have to say it. Rather, you shall surely kill him. Your hand shall be the first against him to put him to death in the hand of the entire people afterwards. You shall surely kill him, meaning if he leaves court acquitted, you should bring him back for a conviction. And if he leaves court convicted, don't bring him back for an acquittal. Your hand shall be the first against him because whoever was incited or, or the person, the inciter, tried to incite, he is the first one that should try to put to death this person. And then the rest of the nation should be after. He shall pelt him with stones and he shall die for he sought to make you stray from near God, your God who takes you out of Egypt from the house of slaves. All Israel shall hear and fear. They shall not again do such an evil thing in your midst. And now we go to the third issue. Again, the first one was that false prophet with a sign that you have to put him to death because he's trying to have you serve idols. The second one is someone who's inciting you personally to worship idols and how you have to have them put to death. And now this third issue is when there is a city like this. So if in one of your cities that God, your God, gives you to dwell there, you hear sayings. So the fact that you have to dwell there, we know these rules of the city that will get destroyed for idolatry does not apply to Jerusalem because Jerusalem was not given for dwelling. The primary function of Jerusalem was not for dwelling. It was given as a resting place for the divine presence. If you hear saying that they're going to tell you, this is what you're going to hear, these following words. In other words, what I'm going to read in the next verse. Men, Sons of lawlessness have emerged from your midst and they have caused the dwellers of their city to go astray, saying, 
this is now what these lawless men are telling the people of their city. Let us go and worship the gods of others that you have not known. So these lawless people in Hebrew, it's called li'al. You can break into two words, li'ol, without the yoke of heaven. Men, not women. If women try to entice people to bring a whole city to sin, it doesn't become a city with these laws. The dwellers of their city, but not their dwellers of other city, meaning the people that live in city A go to city B and get all the people of city B to commit idolatry. It doesn't establish the laws of a city that has to be destroyed because of idolatry. That only is in effect when the insiders come from within the city itself. You shall seek out and investigate and inquire well, and behold, it is true. The word is correct. This abomination was committed in your midst. The fact that we have these three phrases, seek out, investigate, and inquire well, teaches us we have here seven investigations, meaning seven specific questions which has to be asked when interrogating the witnesses who appear before the court. And the questions pertain to the time and the place of the event that the witnesses are testifying about. That's the investigation that we mean here. Um, Smite, you shall smite the inhabitants of that city with the edge of the sword, lay it waste and everything that is in it, and its animals with the edge of the sword. So what we're saying here happened. In the first situation, this false prophet came, gave a sign, it came true. He wants you to get, he wants you to sin with idolatry. He, deserve, he should receive the death penalty. The second situation, someone secretly tried to incite you to sin with idolatry, and he has to be turned over to the court and ultimately killed. So in neither case did idol, idol worship actually happen. It was just the attempt. Here, unfortunately, there's a much more severe situation. People from within a city have gotten the people of their city to commit idols. So the whole city has now become a city of idol worshippers because some people from within the city have incited all of the people in the city to serve idols. So therefore, we're told that the entire city could be put to death. And as Rashi says, whatever death you can put, give them to, give them. Everybody there has to die. You shall gather together all its booty to the midst of the open square, and you shall burn and fire completely the city and all its booty to God your God. To the eternal heat, it shall not be rebuilt. Rashi says unto God your God for his name and for his sake. What we're saying here is all the people got wiped out and all their possessions are burnt. You have no benefit from this. This is so sad. This is a city of Jews that have gone completely astray. They have become a city of idol worshippers. No part of the banned property may adhere to your hand, that God will turn back from his burning wrath. He will give you mercy and be merciful to you and multiply you as he swore to your forefathers. So Rashi says this turning back means turning back from smiting. He was smiting them. He was going to turn back to not just continue and keep smiting you. A move from his burning wrath. So Rashi says as long as there's idolatry in the world, there's God's burning wrath in the world. When the idolatry is removed, then the burning wrath is also removed. As Rashi says, as of the next verse says, when you hearken to the voice of God your God, observe all his commandments that I command you today, do what is right in the eyes of God, your God. So this is the bottom line. 
that when we see these situations of idolatry, and they really, of course, shake us up, we have to respond with listening more to the word of Torah, to the word of the prophets, to the word of Jewish law, and just trying as much as possible to do the right thing, become a vehicle to express this word of God, this word of Torah, of truth, in the world.